It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. There are uh, many things that trouble me about the Ten Commandments. Let's start with the fact that there's ten of them. Moses, you ever hear of an edit? Let's also consider that they're called commandments. That's scary. You know, I know maybe we human beings shouldn't be rebellious, but when you call something a commandment, you're setting us up to be rascals. But see, part, but part of the troubling in my soul is that these commandments begin by describing to us a self-centered God who apparently is vacant of understanding of the very humans he created. We are told he's jealous. It's Jealousy is not something we would tolerate in a girl or a boyfriend, but I guess divinity is supposed to have its advantages. These commandments do put extreme emphasis on a holy day of worship, making our simple domesticated families probably too important, which leaves the brotherhood and sisterhood of all humankind in question. How about the fact that they, they let us off the hook? They do. We, we can be mean, for instance, and we can be angry, and we can even insult others, but as long as we don't put a knife through their throats, we're fine. We can even flirt with all sorts of selfish and even perverse sexuality, as long as Peter doesn't go into someone else's Jenny. Did you like my code names? And you see, the confusion still continues today. While we go to the next commandment, thou shalt not steal. I just think we're beginning to, to develop this everything but. It's kind of an everything but philosophy. You can do this and this and this, but don't. Don't do the big one. For in other words, you can flirt. And even do heavy petting as long as you don't have intercourse. You can hate, make enemies, and do war as long as you don't murder. And you can even despise that tribe over the mountain as long as you love your mother and your father and your own family. I'm sorry. I, it's a pissy, prissy way to live. It is a pissy, prissy way to live, especially when you consider that long before we take the lands of another nation or we steal the property of another human being. We've already kind of committed thievery in other ways, which we kind of feel grants us superiority to turn around and grasp what really isn't ours. 
Let me give you an example. It's what, it's what we did with the American Indian, the Native American. We started out there in the Plymouth Colony in Massachusetts, all of us sitting around a table with the Native Americans. They taught us how to plant corn. They taught us how to hunt. They got us through a really bad winter. But then all of a sudden, or maybe not all of a sudden, gradually, we decided we want to steal their land. To do this, we had to portray. It was necessary that we portray these Native Americans who we shared turkey with. We suddenly had to make them ignorant, bloodthirsty, pagan savages. So we stole their dignity so that we could cop their lands. <laughs> this is how it happens. Of course, most people, if you'd ask them, they'd say, I don't steal anything. I don't steal anything. But I will tell you, there are three things that we steal from people in an attempt to prove they're not that much. They're not worth much. So if we feel it's necessary for us to obtain their goods later on or to rip them off, we already have established that we have a God-given right to do so because we're better than them. We don't need to feel so bad. Long before Hitler stole all the property, finance, and artworks of the Jews, he portrayed them as traitors, weaklings, even called them rats. So maybe instead of saying, thou shalt not steal, maybe we should back off and realize that we do steal all the time by committing actions, committing these actions which are common and often acceptable and really are not looked upon as evil anymore. The first one that came to my mind that's like that is we steal people's space. It's very subtle. It's when we make a racial distinction when we, when we may, might even call a cultural difference. But if we really love people of a different culture, wouldn't it make more sense to try to find common ground instead of focusing on our differences? But instead, we focus very strongly on where we differ from. You see, racial, racial prejudice is very simple. You got yours, I got mine. We're segregated and it's doggone good. Because we we both, we've decided to do it that way. But privately, we hold this philosophy that we're better. I don't speak it out loud, but we're better. We steal people's space. 
We focus so much on their ancestral identity that we rape them of their present equality. This is, I think it's made obvious by using the term African-American. Calling our brothers and sisters who are fully part of this country, calling them African reminds us that they were brought over here as slaves and deep in our souls, maybe, who knows, slaves they remain. We are thieves. We steal people's space Making, making them culturally or even racially inferior. As, uh, secondly, we steal their face. Sometimes we have such a disregard for what people do or how they live or the choices they make that we just don't feel it's a competition. I mean, they do that. Oh, who, ooh. Who would want to do that? That's dumb. That's evil. That's an abomination. In other words, gay people are not happier than straight people. Straight people are not more heaven-bound than the homosexual community. These are just terms we come up with to steal face off of people. Once we can establish a disregard for what people do, let's call it the classic, you're aware of it, the classic. We agree to disagree. But the truth is nobody does that. We actually agree that you are disagreeable. So we quietly disregard you by not listening to another damn thing you say. I think this is done to women every day in our nation. Looking at their breasts and vaginas, we, can, we just can't imagine there could be an adequate brain attached. So we steal their quality and leave them disregarded. Do you understand? Do you, do you, do you, do you, do, will you follow me here and comprehending that there are nations in this world that have laws against women showing their faces, but they still have had a national leader who was female. America is one of the only nations existing which has never allowed a woman to take the helm. We have stolen, copped, the worthiness of the face and the presence of the female of our species. I think there's, can I give you a third steal? We steal the grace. After we, after we steal the space by locking people into their cultures and we steal the face by disregarding their choices. We steal the grace. Yes, once we're convinced that people do not believe the same thing about God that we do, even though nobody actually knows anything for sure, we still segregate these people off 
and privately we believe that their interpretation of God is so errant that they are in danger of losing eternal life. Although we insist that the Muslims do not have a vendetta against the Christians, there are good Muslims. It's absolutely ridiculous when you get in the privacy of the Muslim community and you get into the depths of the Quran where it makes it very clear that there's nothing outside of Islam that it can be valued. Same thing with Christians. We don't, we don't feel... We don't feel the Jews were mistaken for ignoring Jesus. We think they were fools. When you steal the grace from a person, you take away their ability to express their better angels, and you actually can end up driving them towards atheism. I think the things that's driving people towards agnosticism and atheism in our world is religion itself. I think lots of people say, I'd rather be a nothing than your something. So once we've decided to steal the space by relegating people to an inferior status because of their race or ethnicity, and we steal their, we steal their face with our disregard for their choices, maybe their lifestyles, or maybe the gifts. We soon find ourselves stealing their grace, removing the possibility that they they just might have an interaction with God. And we begin to promote a quiet but constant religious intolerance. If we're, convinced, if we're convinced that people are inferior by race or of less value by their contributions and spiritually devoid, it becomes very easy for us to come in and take everything that's theirs. After all, in a sense, we don't even feel like they're there. We're not taking their things. Their things have been abandoned because they no longer exist in our minds. Thou shalt not steal does not mean embezzling money from your company. That's open thievery. That's an easy case to judge. Thou shalt not steal means you have no right to remove the status that God has given to every human he has created. So the good news is, if we learn to respect people, we are much less likely to steal from them in any way, shape, or form And the better news is, once we stop stealing, we can learn how valuable other people are to us and then grow from being around them. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.